0: Welcome to Chit Chat Money. Today is Thursday, September 16th. We recorded this interview a little bit early, uh, but today we're talking Zillow with uh, Brian for all day. This is our deep dive show. Before we get to the interview, we got to talk about our friends, our sponsor, Quarter. Uh, it is the best investor relations app all around. Uh, we actually talked about this with Brian off the show how great of an app it is. He uses it uh and he said it's just really convenient it's really easy to listen to conference calls on the go you can listen to them at two times speed 1.5 if i mean what, maybe 2.5 if you're really smart you can skip right to the q a um yeah there's just plenty of benefits to it it's free to download uh you, they have companies from all over the world you can add your watch list prioritize or you can hit request certain companies uh, and then you just go ahead and follow them they have a bunch of more stuff coming out they're young and they're growing so they're launching new stuff all the time uh, it's uh, at Twitter, it's at quarter underscore app. It's Q-U-A-R-T-R, no E underscore app. So go ahead and follow them. Highlights from the interview, what did you like?
1: Uh, we went over the iBuying process really comprehensively with Brian. That is something that investors have big questions on. I know the big quips that people have are that buying is zero margin and stuff like that. He explains the unit economics of that. That was very insightful. And I think as always, with these deep dive interviews, you get an overview of the business, how it relates to the valuation and the stock price, how, you know, the, a little bit of the history of the business, a little bit of the management, and then kind of what investors or Brian himself is looking at going forward.
0: Yeah, I, I... I think the word that comes to mind is optionality when you look at the business uh, and he talks about that. He talks about the strength of the core platform and how much that's offered them uh, sort of as derivatives off of that. Uh, but without further ado, let's get to the interview. Welcome to Chit Chat Money. On this show, host Ryan Henderson and Brett Schaefer interview industry experts and riff on the world of investing. As a quick reminder, Chit Chat Money is a CCM Media Group podcast. Ryan and Brett are also general partners at Arch Capital, and Arch Capital may have positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Anything discussed on Chit Chat Money by Ryan or Brett or any other podcast guests is not formal advice or recommendation. Now, please enjoy this episode. Okay, today we are welcomed by Brian Feroldi, uh, now a recurring guest. I believe this might be the third time.
1: Third time? So, second time. I know for sure second time. What was the company we talked about last time? Autodesk. We yes. We were on Autodesk about a year ago.
0: We did that 25 stocks at Christmas last year. Yep. Uh, but today we are talking Zillow. Before we get to that, you recently started, maybe it wasn't that recent, but your YouTube page, how has that been going?
2: Really good. Uh, I started it a couple of months ago just as an experiment, basically a repository place for me to throw all the interviews I did, such as this one right here. And it uh, it took off pretty pretty well. And it's since become a place that we go to to do stock analysis. And YouTube has become a phenomenal resource for teaching people how to do a stock analysis like in real time, showing them how to open an SEC filing, how to look at a Glassdoor rating, et cetera. So I love it.
1: Yeah, I love how you guys open up the SEC filings because saying all the terms, you know, some people that uh, it can be overwhelming at first, but if you show where to actually look, that that can be super helpful.
0: All right. Uh, I guess we're getting into Zillow then. So just uh, at a high level, why do you like the company and maybe explain what they do a little bit?
2: I think that most people are probably familiar with Zillow. I mean, if you're a renter or certainly if you are a homeowner, you've gotten those emails saying, here's what your house is worth. Here is your uh, Zestimate. Uh, but I've been an investor in Zillow for at least uh, six years now. And the reason I like it is it checks a ton of boxes in what I look for in a, in a, in a great investment. Um, it has got a great brand. I think. Almost every homeowner in America is familiar with the name uh, Zillow. And if you're not, they have over 200 million people that visit their website, unique visitors to their website uh, every month. So the odds are very good that uh, your listeners know, uh, but um, they are becoming the go-to real estate platform anything related to the U.S. uh, housing market. So it's a platform that is used by buyers, uh, by used by sellers. If you're a renter, if you're looking to borrow, if you are an agent, they have built out a suite of products that all relate to the housing market, which is a multi-trillion dollar industry.
1: And they have a lot of different elements of the business. Um, Can you go into detail on some of the important ones? And then how maybe do they make money 'Cause I know people know how the consumer interacts with it, but then how does Zillow, you know, have a business on top of that?
2: Yeah, it's kind of got a Facebook esque feel to it. Where if you are a homeowner, there's no doubt you've been to Zillow's website to check out your home, maybe to update the page. But you are you are not the you're not the customer. Uh, they do have some tools that allow um, Zillow to to monetize you for if you're interested in getting a mortgage or or connected with an agent, they can monetize you that way. Uh, but you are really the product, uh, the customer, the core legacy customer of Zillow has been agents. Uh, agents can go on, uh, real estate agents can go on Zillow and they can bid to have their name put next to uh, properties in certain geographic uh, zip codes. And because of the extreme volume of consumers that are going to Zillow that are likely either looking to list their house or to buy a house, um, those are very, very high quality leads that agents are willing to pay up to get, get access to. So that is the historic way uh, that Zillow uh, made money. And that was the primary way that the company made money many, many years ago. Since then, they've offered a number of uh, ancillary services on top of there. So you can get uh, a mortgage uh, through there. You can get a rental through there. They have closing services. And one of the most recent and exciting ones that they've gotten into is the iBuying service, where you can actually sell your home to Zillow. And that makes the home selling process dramatically simpler.
0: How did the... How do they make money on the renters side? Because uh, I know they own what is it, Trulia? Uh, is that the is that? That's yeah, rest, right?
2: Zillow has been fairly acquisitive over the last um, uh, couple of years. They they have a number of properties under their name. Uh, Zillow is the the obviously flagship product, but they also bought uh, Trulia uh, several years ago, which is a that was a massive uh, deal for the business. Zillow was number one, Trulia was number two uh, by by market share, and they combined under one one roof. They also own um, a couple other companies like uh, Street Easy and Pads, but it's just kind of like, it's, it's similar to like a rent.com website, where it's just a bunch of listings uh, for rental properties. And if you go there and you, you book a property, uh, Zillow gets a commission on that.
0: Okay. Makes sense. And then what segment, I guess, do you uh, think has the most promise for the business over the long run? Is it that iBuying or do you think their core platform is still going to kind of drive returns over the long term?
2: In general, I'm a huge fan of investing in companies that have clear signs of optionality in them. And optionality is just a fancy way of saying businesses that can morph over time and open up new revenue opportunities for themselves that dramatically expand uh, their market opportunity. So when I first invested in this business uh, several years ago, the primary money maker uh, was that premier agent business, again, where they were selling uh, basically ads uh, and connections uh, to uh, agents who were willing to pay up. That is still a major revenue source for the company. And it still continues to grow at a rapid pace um, even today. What I like about this company is that is a high margin, dependable business. And the company has been taking all of the profits from that to build out these other businesses. And it's been getting into the, the iBuying um, business, but they, which they call Zillow Offers. So if you are a, a homeowner and you've ever gone through the process of buying or selling a home, you know how unbelievably painful. It is to try and get your home in um, in, uh, in housing market ready. Then even if you can find a buyer, uh, which is a, a pain in the butt, you have to negotiate the closing date and the time. Then you have to move all your stuff out and you have to find a new place to live. It's a nightmare. eye uh, buying services, uh, such as those offered by uh, Zillow, um, open door and uh, and Redfin, really dramatically simplify that process where you, the homeowner, uh, are getting basically a guaranteed uh, sale price. you get to pick the closing date uh, and it just, You don't have to fix your home. You don't have to uh, move out. Everything is, uh, the whole entire process is made dramatically simpler. In exchange for that ease of use, you sell your house at a discount. Um, And there are lots of people that have been proving willing to do that in exchange for the flexibility of not having to deal with any of the hassle that comes with selling a house. Uh, this started as an experiment for uh, Zillow uh, several years ago where they started to buy and sell houses uh, in markets, basically sight unseen. They're just using their own Zestimate on it. And then they invest capital into that house to, uh, to fix it up and then to relist it uh, with their agents and see if they could turn it into a, a profitable business. That experiment seemed to have gone well enough that the company has since committed to expanding the number of cities that it's offered dramatically. And they think that's going to be a major, major profit driver for the company moving forward.
0: Yeah. That's what I was going to ask was, do they just go city by city and put like refurbishing teams in those cities so that they can like fix them up? Uh, And it sounds like that's what they do. Uh, The question that comes to mind for me, it sounds like they have products or solutions span across the entire transaction process. Mm -hmm. Uh, How susceptible is the business I didn't jot this question down, but is it at risk of flowing with sort of the cycle of real estate in general, like, is it something that does a lot better when real estate is hot or I mean, how does it compare to that macro environment, I guess.
2: So, that would be kind of like best case scenario for investors, like 15 years from now. The only way that that could happen is that this is a remarkably successful uh, product. Right now, this is such a new, uh, a new business and it's so minuscule when compared to the total volume uh, of sales. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I believe it's somewhere along the lines of 10 million houses are bought and sold in the US in a given year. Obviously, that fluctuates um, up and down, but for, uh, for perspective, Last quarter, Zillow purchased three thousand eight hundred. So, okay. th- if they if they what uh, ten exit and then ten exit again, maybe they'll be at one percent. Uh, so, the chances of them, in order for them to be influenced by the general uh, real estate market um, and the seasonality of it, uh, they will have to be they will have to substantially grow that business from here.
0: Okay.
1: What,
0: or go ahead, Ryan. Oh, I was gonna say, what about like the core platform, the agent partners? Is that susceptible at all to like the ebbs and flows of the real estate market, or is it kind of more recurring?
2: Yeah, certainly. I mean, 2020 was a very disruptive year uh, for the business. The housing market basically came to a standstill in the early part of the year, and then it just skyrocketed in the back part of the year. Uh, Zillow, like many other companies in its position, uh, stopped buying houses at that time. They basically paused it and they worked off their inventory. So what happened to their cash flow? It soared, right? Yeah. They they had the ability to have soaring cash flow. Uh, what's happening today is the exact reverse. They are now buying more houses in a quarter than they're selling. So what's happening to their cash flow? The exact opposite. It's it, it's pulled back. So they can react to the the market cycle that they see and what's happening. But both of those businesses are still small enough that they so far have been able to transcend uh, the, the the market cycle. But that is for sure something for investors to keep an eye on in the long term.
1: The uh, one question I have on the iBuying thing, because I know it's so important to so the growth opportunity, you described how Zillow buys from the consumer, but how do they go back to selling it to someone else? Do they have, you know, I think they mentioned they have a loan or mortgage segment. Do they do some, some things to streamline that process as well?
2: So that mortgage segment would be a service that they offer to potential buyers. So if you're going to buy uh, one of Zillow's houses or really any houses, and you're looking for a mortgage broker, you can go to Zillow uh, to get to get access to a number of uh, of mortgage companies to actually make that loan. Um, so, but Zillow has you know um, tons of data on on agents, and once they own this house, they can farm it out to their own uh, their own uh, agents, not not those that work for them, but those are independent contractors and for selling that house they get the agent gets a commission on it just the same way they would for selling uh, any any other house what's pretty exciting about that business is when it was very very young a couple of years ago the economics were terrible they were they were upside down economics which makes sense given that the company was still kind of scaling it up uh, but as of the most recent quarter uh, the numbers are starting to look good uh, so in the last quarter the average house that they sold uh, sold for three hundred and seventy thousand dollars. They bought that house for three hundred and twenty-two thousand dollars. So that's a forty-eight thousand uh, dollar delta that they have on the the gross profit line. Now total costs for renovation, for selling, for holding, uh, for uh, interest costs. Every all total costs were twenty-eight thousand dollars. So that gives them a five percent net margin on their average home sale already. That's pretty exciting that they're already at that stage, given how how early they are. And there is potential for them to even increase those numbers of time as scale continues to grow. But to me, as a Zillow investor, it's exciting that that business is finally starting to become profitable because for years it's been a, a drain.
0: Does that, uh, does that kind of have the weird accounting effect where they have to record the sale as revenue, mm-hmm. even though it's basically… Uh, the the revenue i guess is that margin or the separation or the differential there
2: uh, I'm I'm pretty sure they report the entire the entire sale of the house as as revenue okay. and the and the uh, the purchase price would be going into as as cost of revenue. So they're not just reporting the gross profit; they are reporting both. Uh, so because of the nature of that business and how different the margin profile is of its core business, uh, funny things are happening to this company's overall income statement when you kind of look at it a consolidated basis. Right. Like normally, I don't like to invest in businesses that are seeing their gross mar- gross margin. Decline rapidly, but that's exactly what we're having here. The company is, but that's that's no secret, right? That that is the nature of, of the business. And management has said that it's going to start emphasizing gross profit uh, moving forward, similar to what we've seen at like Square because of their Bitcoin adventures. They're really saying focus on gross profit. Revenue is is going to be all over the place. Uh, I think that that makes sense. So again, normally I don't like investing in companies with declining gross profits, but I understand the reason why it's happening here.
1: Right, that makes total sense. And let's move to their positioning versus competitors. I know, you know, Redfin is one that people know a lot. There's Open Door they got a ton of money uh, through SPAC, I believe, and there's Compass as well. How do does Zillow fit versus them? What do you think their positioning is uh, against all those guys?
2: So this is something I I, I learned when I listened to a. Um, uh, uh, interview that the CEO and founder uh, Rich Barton did that really uh, made me excited as, as an investor. Th- th- there's no doubt that the eye buying industry is growing in importance, and Zillow is by not the only player here. You just named uh, three other major competitors, and I would say that of the two, of the ones, uh, Opendoor and Redfin are the two that are well capitalized enough to be to be worried about. But one thing that's interesting about this new business is that it's incredibly capital intensive. I mean, incredibly, a cat's eye intensive. They're they they're they're shelling out. Hundreds of thousands of dollars for 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 one house uh, inventory, and then they're doing this times thousands and potentially tens or even hundreds of thousands uh, in the near future. That alone is a barrier to entry uh, for a potential new entrance, just to have access to that much capital. Uh, so I think that puts companies like Zillow, like Redfin, and like Open Door in a in a good position moving forward. If they can reach scale, it's going to be awfully hard for anybody else to break into that market but uh overall with the competition I'll say two things one the entire iBuying industry is so minusculely small when compared to the total volume of housing sales I think this is one category where there won't be one winner I think all three of them uh, there, there's plenty of, uh, of, of opportunity for all three of them to grow and win but two the thing that really struck home with me is what rich Barton said he says Zillow has an unfair advantage we have the most traffic in the industry by far so we can take all that traffic that we get from our core Zillow properties which again is over 200 million monthly active users uh, in fact it was 245 million a monthly unique visitors uh, in July alone that's like 70% of the entire American population that visited zillow.com uh, in 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 July of this year but that gives them a lower customer acquisition cost than anybody else
0: yeah I read somewhere that they uh, the term Zillow is uh, searched for more than real estate. Yes. Uh, Is that on the 10K? Isn't
2: that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Uh, Reminds me of like Duolingo. I recently did some research on Duolingo and the term uh, Duolingo was learned, was searched more than the term learn Spanish. Huh. (laughs) So that's a a sign of a good brand.
0: Yeah. It sounds like that's a huge advantage. Do you, uh, why couldn't someone replicate that or could someone, or I guess maybe a better question is would someone replicate it?
2: Uh, But potentially, I mean, if you've been following Redfin at all, there's no doubt that they are following in zillow's footsteps they have a slightly different business model where they employ the agents directly and they seem to have a nice offering and they every month they report their uh, their market share and that's continually uh, stepping up over time so those two businesses are comparable but when you think about what it takes to get access to all of the data keep in mind that there are mls there are multiple listing services or mls's all over the united states and just buying and aggregating the data from all of them uh, is a bit of is a bit of a headache uh, companies like zillow have been doing this now for 15 years. So I would say that they have a data advantage, but in the long term, I think their most sustainable advantage is just their their, their brand name. It's just synonymous uh, with, with the category. Same way it would be like, okay, if we started our own social network, how the heck are we going to compete with Facebook and, and Instagram? It would have to be something spectacularly different. And I just have a hard time seeing another company doing that.
0: Does Zillow have, you said, I know they partner with the agents, but do they have their own agents at all? Or is it all kind of outsourced to those partner agents?
2: I'm almost positive it's, it's outsourced to those part, their, their partner agents. Um, I know that that's different than Redfin. Redfin employs the agents uh, directly, and they are essentially uh, employees. Uh, Zillow, Zillow does, to my understanding, uh, Zillow does not do that.
0: I think we should have a quick ad break, and then oh, we've got more uh, questions on the back half. This episode is brought to you by KPMG. As a business leader, how can you innovate, build trust, and move forward in a digital era? KPMG can help by bringing together the right talent and technologies, generating insights that spark opportunities. To explore their thinking, visit read.kpmg.us opportunities. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Here you are miles from home and ready to start your vacation. Good thing you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. They have free high-speed Wi-Fi to stream all your favorite movies. And in the morning, get fresh waffles with their free Brightside breakfast. Or squeeze in a workout at their fitness center. Either way, you're ready to conquer the day. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you triumph. Book your stay at LQ.com. Okay, welcome back in. Next thing I kind of wanted to hit on is just the management and ownership. You mentioned uh, Rich Barton briefly. I know he's the CEO. Is he also the founder? Um, and then I guess... Just generally, what do you think of uh, him as the CEO? Is it important to your investment thesis here?
2: Rich Barton gets two thumbs up from me. For those that are unfamiliar uh, with Rich Barton, uh, he founded another company that you may have heard of, Expedia. Uh, So he has a history of founding successful internet-based companies that disrupt industries. In Expedia's case, it was travel. Uh, In Zillow's case, it's going to be uh, real estate. Uh, So he was already rich prior to founding to founding, uh, to founding um, Zillow. Uh, and he still has a substantial stake uh, in the business. So as of the most recent proxy report, he owns uh, 7.5 million shares, which at current prices is over $300 million. And this is a company that has dual, uh, multiple uh, share classes. So his voting power, he, he has about 30% voting power uh, just himself. Another important executive to, to think about is a guy named uh, Lloyd Frick. Uh, he has also been at the company for a long time. He's the company's executive uh, chairman. He himself owns 5.6 million shares, which is also worth over $500 million. But like like Barton, he also has super voting shares. So he has a 20% uh, voting power. So those two uh, executives uh, who have been, been in the business for a long, long, long time control about half of the total voting power. And with, with things like that, I, I check, okay, does he have skin in the game? Uh, yes. Does he have a history of doing well? Well, if you followed Zillow's stock since it came public, uh, you you probably have a smile uh, on your face. And then how do do his um uh, employees like him? Well, he's got a 96% CEO approval rating and Zillow itself gets 4.3 stars out of five. So Rich Barton checks a lot of boxes for me.
0: Okay. And wh- uh, what about, I guess, how big is the business? Do you want to talk kind of about the valuation and the financials a little bit, just to give the listeners some context? Is it growing, um, and then just what does profitability look like for them?
2: Yeah. So Zillow is still in high growth mode. Obviously, 2020 was a weird comparison year, just based on the nature uh, of the business. And the other thing that people in, uh, investors have to keep in mind is the the margin profile of the business is changing dramatically. So revenue growth is going to be Extreme, uh, if as the iBuying business uh, as the i buying business continues to ramp up, for example, uh, next year they're expecting Wall Street's expecting almost fifty percent revenue growth um, uh, f- for the business. However, it's really going to be well how fast is gross profit growing that we as investors should really focus on um, uh, and care about. Now because of that and because of the nature of the the I buying business, uh, the price to sales ratio is going to be misleading on this company. You can't just take it and compare it to like a high growth uh, SaaS company and say, well those two are comparable because again, the margin here is going down and trending probably to settle around I don't know, somewhere around 20-30% uh in in the in the grand scheme of things whereas, you know, you compare that to a high growth A SaaS company with an 80% gross margin, of course, they're going to trade at different price to sales uh, ratios based on that. But if you look at the price to sales ratio, it's currently uh, under six, um, which is, you know, reasonable, I would say. But uh, the price to earnings ratio, company does have a PE ratio that you can actually look at. Uh, its forward PE ratio right now is about 63. Once again, I would argue that this company is not yet fully optimized for uh, long-term profitability. So that number is a bit inflated compared to what the real earnings power of this business is. But right now, I don't think this is like insanely expensive. And what is
0: uh, how does their cash flow kind of deviate? So when they when they're like a net buyer on Zillow offers, does that really kind of Tank their cash flow. Am I getting that right? Yes. Okay. Oh Absolutely.
2: yeah. Cat, cat, cat. This is a business that's going to be yet another case study in the difference between net income and free cash flow, um, and it's really based around the iBuying business. Again, the iBuying business is incredibly capital capital intensive. Um, so last last quarter they they uh, bought. 1,800 more homes uh, than they sold. So that's 1,800 uh, times, what was their purchase price? $322,000. That's a lot of cash uh, that's going That's going out the door. Um, normally, that really bothers me. I don't like seeing a big discrepancy between free cash flow and, and net income. And when choosing between the two, I'll take free cash flow every single time. I think offsetting that is the fact that if Zillow wanted to become free cash flow positive at any time, it could. And we saw exactly that happen in Q1 and Q2 of 2020. When the world you know, was falling apart, it said, all right, we're stopping buying homes. And then free cash flow just absolutely uh, skyrocketed. But again, that is something that I think is a long-term barrier to entry for anybody else that wants to get into this business. You need a ton of capital to do so.
1: Right, and one question I think we have on the offers is do you do they give any color on the turnaround time between buying and selling because if that can compress over time, that would theoretically help help um you know the working capital improve
2: yes, I don't know that off the off the top of my head, so but i I think that's something that you could look up does it in
0: like the when I hear about the Zillow offers business and just the iBuying in general, the first thing that comes to mind is like they're holding these uh, essentially a bunch of homes on their balance sheet at one time. Do you think that adds some risk to the business? Um, or I guess we just talked about or what it. are the risks? If, yeah, if what, what if are the there risks there. associated with that?
2: Yeah, the risks is that Zillow offers doesn't work out. I mean, make make no mistake, this is a massive business model shift and the company hasn't yet proven out over a long period of, over a long period of time uh, that it can that it that it can work uh, in some ways it reminds me of of netflix a few years ago when it really started to invest heavily in its own uh, streaming and um, and uh, internal production capabilities we saw a massive discrepancy for years between net income and free cash flow because doing so was incredibly capital intensive uh, zillow is still in that early part of the cycle where it's probably going to be free cash flow negative uh, for quite some time as it ramps up. I hope eventually uh, it reaches a tipping point where it has enough scale where that cash flow balances out and then it can grow um itself. But again, that's the reason why I like this business versus Redfin and uh versus Open Door is it has that cash cow um uh, internet media and technology—the premier agent business—that can kind of fund all the development, uh, all the build out of the of the Zillow offers business. But make no mistake, this company does not have a long operating history of the making the iBuyers business work. That is a massive risk for investors. Is, right, right,
0: is the premier agent business or the IMT part? Is that still growing? Yes. Uh, okay. All
2: right. All right. And uh, okay, one
1: more. Do okay, you talk about iBuying? That's the one that you know. Most investors are aware of that's the big growth opportunity. are there any other segments of the business that investors should be aware of before investing in this company
2: yeah all, all of the companies all the company's revenue sources are all in, in in growth mode and if you listen to management they believe that their internet media and technology business still has can, can grow at an above badge rate for years and years and years to come they think their total addressable market opportunity there is far bigger uh, than what they they've captured uh, already but all those other high-margin businesses that they have, and they're scaling out. The real plan there is take those profits and use it to fund Zillow offers. That is the plan. The early signs are that plan is working, but wow, there's no guarantees that it will continue to, to work into the future.
0: So, one question that comes to mind then for me is that let's say the the three well-capitalized players like Open Door, Redfin, and Zillow, uh, they all start to go full growth mode on the i process does that start to i i think the part that excites people is that they can buy these homes at a discount um and then obviously sell them for more would that start to go away with competitive offerings if opendoor and redfin are also competing in the same market or is it kind of a big enough opportunity that it doesn't matter
2: I would say the, the the latter is 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 what's happening right now. The opportunity itself is so big that uh, it, it doesn't matter. But then again, if you were going to be selling your home, I know I for one would certainly want pricing on all three of the sites. I mean, that is a. Tens of thousands of dollars decision b- between them, uh, so there will be some competition b- between each of them. Again, I think that Zillow has the advantage in that it has the most, the lowest customer acquisition cost, and it's got the most traffic, so it can drive the most traffic to its its buying uh, uh, sites. But again, that's something for investors to watch.
1: Um, all right, do we want to? Do you have any others, or should we go to the
2: no? Well, yeah,
0: how to how to do on your checklist.
2: So I have a pretty detailed checklist that I take uh, every, every company through, uh, and if a company scores below essentially seventy, uh, I almost I, I ignore it. Between seventy and eighty is is really good, and anything over eighty is why don't I I own this? Uh, a few years ago, when I did this, Zillow was just a just a business focused on the premier agent business, and at that time it was in the is in the low eighties, and that was like a why don't I own this? Hence, why I became a shareholder. More recently, with the business model a shift and with the the, the, the dynamics around uh, free cash flow, it's lowered its quality rating to being. Uh, last check, it was a uh, seventy-seven. Uh, the last time I did this, so this is still in my investable, highly investable uh, category, but it's riskier, I think, today than it was a few years ago.
1: Right, and you've done a video on the checklist, right? So people can know how you know all the inputs of that.
2: Yes, we have done many uh, videos on uh, taking companies through the checklist. So uh, check out my YouTube channel if that interests you. All
0: right. So on Zillow, so I don't know if you have it in front of you, but what were some of the uh,
2: knocks Things, on the yeah.
0: business? What what dropped it down to a seventy-seven?
2: Uh, the biggest one there was a shift in free cash flow. Uh, so they were formerly producing lots of free cash flow and growing it uh, rapidly. Now, because of the dynamics of the iBuyM business, their free cash flow uh, is, is negative. The other thing that I don't like is the company's uh, the dilution rate has been pretty high on this business. Part of that is due to their uh, acquisition strategy and some of the acquisitions they've made in, in their past. And another part is just uh, stock-based compensation. Uh, those are the two biggest categories that I knocked them for. Um, On this round, but still, this company still checks a lot of boxes for me.
1: Yeah. So, what's in your mind? You know, they're doing this business model transition at this time period. What's the biggest threat to the business? What could go wrong for investors over the next, you know, three to five years, or or just as shareholders?
2: Yeah. Make no mistake. A bet on Zillow today is a bet on Zillow offers. Period. For this company, for this investment to work out, the company has to continually grow that business and do so while producing profits. Um, The recent signs suggest that the economics for that business are starting to become favorable, at least on a net income basis, but they are going to be pumping tons and tons of cash flow from operations into that business. And to your point, they might even be raising capital uh, again. So the last time that I see that they did that was uh, May of last year, which again was in the middle of the world falling apart, um, and real estate being being upside down, um, so that that is that that makes this a high quality yet risky 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 stock because that if this thing is going to multi bag, Zillow offers worked out. Uh, if it's going to underperform, it's because Zillow offers didn't work out. Period.
1: All right. all right, that's a good way to wrap up. I think.
2: Yeah, I think that's
0: all our uh, all our questions. Uh, where can uh, listeners find you? Uh, what's the YouTube channel called?
2: YouTube channel is called Brian Feraldi, and uh, I'm most active on uh, on Twitter, which is at Brian Feraldi.
1: That's right. Great, uh, great graphics for anyone who's trying to learn about the stock market. Well,
0: All right. Well, that's going to do it. I'm going to try to hit the disclosure without butchering it here. So we are not financial advisors. Anything we say or discuss here on Chit Chat Money is not formal advice or a recommendation. We are, however, general partners at Arch Capital. So clients may have positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.